You are listening to another episode of the Yorts Resilience Podcast, and I am your host, Emma Ward, a counsellor and life coach from Positive Outlooks. This podcast is inspired by the feeling that I get on a weekly basis from working with clients and being in awe of their stories of resilience. Over time, I've felt drawn to share these stories on this platform, and I hope these stories provide you with the motivation to conquer the challenges within your own life. To listen to more episodes, visit positiveoutlooks.com.au or subscribe on iTunes. So before we start today's podcast, I'd like to acknowledge the recent bushfire crisis in our country and send prayers and strength to everyone recently impacted and would especially like to say thank you to all our fire support crews who have continued to work relentlessly to keep us all safe. Unfortunately, the recent bushfires in Kangaroo Island have also directly impacted one of our scheduled podcast guests for today, Brianna Smith. Brianna's mum, Wendy, wrote on her social media with regards to her brother Simon's experience of the KI fires. I could only describe my brother as a superhero, an exceptionally brave super fire fighting machine. He had no chance to leave but took on the fire monster alone. And although there have been sheds and farm animals destroyed by flames, pasture, hay, fences burnt to ash, native trees, animals and birds lost, he won. He saved his new house. He saved the shearing shed. He saved the chooks. He saved the tractor and his young sheepdog. He also even saved the family home that Wendy grew up in. And that sends shivers through my spine with regards to what so many people over our country have been experiencing over the past few weeks. Kindly Brianna and her partner Dylan, who sit next to me today, and are the famous duo behind the social media sensation Chalky and the Chippy, are donating 100% of all profits from their calendars sold online to those affected by the Kangaroo Island bushfires. The South Australian edition is sold out in a flash, while the Indonesian edition is still available. Make sure you check out the calendars on their website, chalkyandthechippy.com.au, and remember all profits from the calendars will be donated to the Kangaroo Island bushfires. So let's start to get to know this famous duo, welcoming Brianna and Dylan today. How are you both? Hi, good, thank you. Yeah, good. I'm feeling very blessed that our paths could cross to record this podcast. How much longer until you guys take off again? Uh, we just booked tickets the other day, actually, so another month at home. And did I hear a whisper that you're going to Sri Lanka? Yes, we are. And is that a bucket list item, did I hear? Yeah, that's one of our top places we wanted to go. The Philippines and Sri Lanka were our top places. We've been to the Philippines, so Sri Lanka is next on our list. That is so cool. And how long have you been home for? Um, we've been home for three months now. We're only meant to be home for like one or two months, but <laughs> it's summer, so may as well stay. Oh, it's hard to leave, isn't it? I looked at the weather today. I meant to go back to Adelaide and I thought, oh, it's really hard to leave on a day like today when winter's so amazing. So I've been lucky enough to watch these two legends grow up from afar from the Moonta community as we all attended Moonta area school around similar year levels. I don't really want to disclose how much older I am than these guys. I even used to live next door to Brianna while we were both growing up, even babysat her and her sisters a few times when we were younger and did work experience with her dad's business, Century 21. For those that don't know Brianna and Dylan's story, their relationship started in 2010 and since that time they have finished school, they've worked, moved away from home, bought and renovated a house, started a business and began to settle into what is now the rest of their lives. But they both knew they wanted more than a nine to five lifestyle and the same routines every day. 
The couple's social media rights were a young couple raised in country South Australia, Brianna a teacher and Dylan a carpenter. We loved our trades and the careers that we started to pursue, but we had this burning desire to do bigger and better things and to see and experience the world beyond the borders of South Australia. Dylan and Brianna's travel journey began as they packed up their home and embarked on a three-month adventure around Europe in 2017 with fire in their hearts and a bucket list to check off. After returning home and working for a year, they wanted to continue travelling. So they saved money, sold all their belongings, packed a backpack and bought a one-way ticket to Bali in January 2019. Since then, the famous duo have been travelling throughout Southeast Asia, capturing and sharing their experiences of the countries they visit via their Facebook, Instagram and website. Through their blog posts, photograph, photography and videos, they hope to inspire others to travel adventurously, ethically and authentically. I also love that the Chalky and Chippy website writes, everyone should reach outside their comfort zones and no one should hold back on their passions and desires. To live the life you want, you must reach beyond the norm and do what no one else would expect you to do. Leave your jobs, your home and your day-to-day -day routines and live the life that has been burning inside of you for as long as you could dream. Bree has a twin sister, Adele, who kindly wrote, well, they're living the dream, really, aren't they? They had a vision and they made it happen. I look up to that. She's my twin sister. I miss her when she's away, but I also love everything that she's achieving. It's inspiring. Life isn't meant to be lived in your comfort zone and they definitely aren't doing that. They've created something very cool with Chalky and the Chippy and I can't wait to see what they do next. I only wish they could pack me in their suitcase. <laughs> but for now, I'll just follow along like everyone else at home. And in my own personal life, I'm always so passionate about how travel has promoted resilience in my own life and I'm always encouraging travel with my client base. And for this exact reason and for my own passion for travel and resilience building, that's what drove me in asking Brianna and Dylan to join me today. So let's start to get to know these guys a little bit more. So I still remember watching social media pictures from when you're both younger, thinking how in love and happy you both looked together and that connection um, from someone looking on the outside, correct me if I'm wrong or maybe that's not a topic for the podcast, um, that connection still st appears to be burning so strong as ever. How did the great romance begin, guys? Um, well, it's probably not as... It's not a crazy story like you see on the movies, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like we just, obviously being from a small town, both know, knew of each other, went to the same school. Were you in the same year level? Uh, no, no, I'm a little bit older. A little bit older, okay. A few okay. years older. Um, so I guess when Brianna sort of came to that age, she was coming out to a few parties. We had sort of the same <laughs> friend base, I guess. Um, yeah, I just noticed this young blonde girl. And, um, I, from memory, I, I definitely pursued her. She was a little bit shy, but... Um, yeah, no, we, I think, started messaging each other, just the usual stuff, and here we are, yeah, you know, 10 years later. <laughs> we can go, so cool. And where did your passions for travel originate from? I think we get lots of inspiration, like, over the years. Like, starting at school, we'd do, like, home projects, like, we'd look at photos, movies. But I think when my sister Adele went to Vietnam after we finished school, she did some volunteering, and that inspired me to do something as well and then we went and did the typical Europe trip for um, the European summer and then we came home and we're just like oh we just want to keep going you were going. just hooked yeah. after that trip yeah I think uh, as well for me I wasn't never really had any like uh, any ambitions to travel the world but then I think Brie definitely 
planted the seed in me. Oh, I was predicting it was going to be the other way. I thought, oh, maybe it was Dylan's idea. Through school and stuff, I never really thought about that. And then, yeah, I think from when I first can remember when I wanted to travel, I think it was definitely when me and Brie were together and she was just always going on about, you know, leaving for these big trips. I was always (laughs) sort of just someone who would go away on a holiday and that was it for me, come back and work. And, yeah. (laughs) I definitely uh, caught the bug. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been in absolute awe of the courage you've shown to throw that solid foundation of a house and a career that so many of us lean on for safety out the window and just trust that life has your back and instead pursue this dream. It's so mind-blowingly gutsy and true resilience to me at its finest. Was it scary when you decided to sell it all up and let it go? I, don't, I think we're more excited, actually, than scary. Like, thinking about selling all of our belongings, sold our home. Um, but I think it was really freeing, like, getting rid of things, not owning as much stuff. And we had a ticket book to Bali, and it was just, I think, really exciting more than scary. Yeah, definitely. For me, it was a massive mindset change. And when we sort of made the decision, it, it was just, I just... We just backed ourselves in, and, and that was it. We didn't really have any doubts, and... Um, there was just a feeling it was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think we really doubted it. We just went with it. Yeah, I think we were more scared. Like, when you start thinking about it, we were scared that we had bought our house, we got jobs, you know, had careers, and literally we were going into that next stage of life, and it sort of scared me that I'd never be able to travel like we are now, that we'd just be, you know, have a debt, we'd have locked jobs. In. Yeah, we'd be locked in and we'd never be able to go. And I figured if we do it now, now's the right time. Yeah, and absolutely. And then we can do all the other stuff later. Yeah, absolutely. Come eventually. Absolutely. And for those that haven't followed Chalky and the Chippy on social media, not only do the couple take amazing photos of the incredible places they're visiting, but the photos also feature this amazingly good-looking couple in their photos as well. What I've always found fascinating about your photos is the ability of your photos to capture your connection and the love between you both in your images, which I actually think draws people into loving your images sometimes, maybe even more than the beautiful locations that you're photographing. I just feel like your images capture your passion for travel, for being in the moment, for enjoying each other's company. I honestly actually think your images would still be as successful as if you were taking them out in the bush or on a blank wall. Is there a specific focus that you place on capturing that connection in photos or is that something that just naturally happens because of how genuine the connection is? Um, yeah. Well, Dill's the photography man. <laughs> like, he's done lots, like, learnt so much over the last few years and I think, like, he would normally, um, like, just, yeah, he does all the photos. I shouldn't take any credit. I'm just normally standing in them. Um, but if there are photos of us together, like, we do plan that. I, someone might be taking a photo for us or we have a tripod and do will set it up and I think... We like to have us in the photos doing what we would be doing anyway in that yeah. place to capture so cool. what we would be doing. It just gives a bit of life to the photo, I guess. Um, but if there's photos of, like, if I take a photo of him or he takes a photo of me, that's normally in the moment. Like, we don't normally plan that. Yeah, we definitely... Um, a lot of our Instagram stories that we upload is more spur of the moment, more in the moment. Spontaneous. Um, yeah, like little photo series that we upload and... But, yeah, I think we always aim to get to um, popular places very early so we can sit there and enjoy it and um, we can walk around and just see what looks good and sometimes something will catch our eye and we'll go, well, we need to have a photo there and then set it up. 
So you've bailed up a few randoms on your journeys and said, can you take a photo? Sometimes. We've had friends with us. Um, Sometimes we've met people along the way and they're into photography as well. So cool. Done Done the exchange. Yeah. And uh, the people, like the people of Indonesia, are always happy to take a few photos, especially the guides. They love it. Oh, that is so cool. They're really passionate about it. I've got, they'll take my phone and just take like a hundred photos of us doing everything. And some of it's been pretty good. Yeah, I think they do it a lot. So, and they know the spots as well. So yeah, that's very cool. Are you self-taught Dylan with the Uh, photography? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I never really expected to get into photography as much as I did. We just bought a camera for our trip to Europe and then, yeah, lots of YouTube tutorials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just went from there and then all of a sudden I was just uh, really enjoying it and wanting to do it every day, which is what we did. That's yeah. so cool. I think going overseas, especially this year, like you've had the opportunity to like take lots of photos. Yeah. Whereas staying at home, like you'd only have, you know, maybe <laughs> after work now and then or on the weekends, but actually like going away and you got the camera out like every day. So you just got better and better. That's so cool. Were you naturally creative growing up, Dylan? Is that something you... Um. Maybe, but I probably didn't really pursue those yeah. things as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so you went an A plus in art class and. Well, art uh, was probably one of my stronger things, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I was always interested in it, but probably didn't apply myself to school as much as I should have. But <laughs> yeah. And I also loved reading on your website that you travel by three core values and ask for people to only contact you if they operate under those same values. Did you want to run us through those values and why they're important to you guys? Yeah, well, I think um, they've sort of evolved over time and they're sort of values that we've um, yeah created as we've been traveling and done lots of different activities and experiences. And it's just so values that guide us in making our decisions and to make sure that we're traveling like respectfully and meaningfully so we like to travel adventurously which I think unlike lots of people that we will just love getting lost like we'll just go out on our own Um, and that is true resilience guys (laughs) true resilience you only live once yeah and you'd be going to places where there's no google maps or mapping or anything like that something I never thought I would ever do and then you know, just through experience, then you realise that you know it's not as crazy as it might sound, and then and you yeah. build the com- do you build the confidence yeah, to go okay, we've got out yeah. of this situation before yeah. we know we can get out of it yeah, again. Definitely. And you know, a lot of the times, you know, people everywhere are willing to help, so you never really feel like you're yeah. out on your own. But yeah, sometimes it does get a bit tricky when we're out somewhere with uh, no internet on our phone and no one speaks English. But, <laughs> yeah, that's like but a- we've learnt ways around it, like we can get maps offline and um, yeah, like, and we just love to get lost. Like we'll just get a scooter in most places we go in Southeast Asia, you just get a scooter and we'll just drive around and some of the best places we've found have been just because we just jet off, jet off and found it and there was no, like, yeah, nothing on Google Maps or we didn't plan to go there. We just ended up there and it was... They were the best places. The best. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we love getting off the beaten track and exploring, like, not into a group, exploring on our own. So that's one of our values that we definitely buy, like, all the time while we're travelling. Awesome. And we like to travel ethically, which I think sort of speaks for itself, but we don't like to support... I mean, as we've traveled and we've done different things we've sort of worked out what sits well for us and what hasn't so there's certain like activities that might be exploiting animals people the environment and we just don't want to be supporting that so we make sure that yeah we aren't doing that and we're not promoting that to anyone else um 
and yeah traveling authentically which is something we've sort of just grown to love is like learning about the local culture eating a local food learning about the the religion um, and just you know learning about the language just all of that I think helps us while we're in the country but I feel like it's important not just going there and staying in a hotel and not leaving it like yeah. we're actually learning about the place so yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and it's made for some amazing experiences for you both as well I've found in my own life that travel promotes strength, self-reliance and confidence, which I then think empowers resilience. How do you think travel's played a role within your own resilience levels? I think because uh, we're uncomfortable, like, a lot of yeah. the time. <laughs> I mean, when we set out, we are like, all right, we need to get out of our comfort zones, and I don't think we really knew what that meant. But, um, yeah, like, definitely now there's a lot of things we do, and it's just like... We don't really sweat the small stuff anymore and that's a massive part of not getting like, overwhelmed. Yeah, and that, there's a big challenge in that too. Yeah, yeah oh, 100%. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the lessons we've learned travelling, it definitely transfers back into real life as well. Um, yeah. We're a lot more appreciative yeah. of what we had back home. Like we spent almost you know every night we never had any hot water we sometimes we wouldn't know where we're going to sleep the next day like we we're quite spontaneous and sort of plan as we go which we like doing but then again sometimes it can be a little bit daunting not knowing where we're going to sleep or we'd walk like 20 kilometers a day and have you know stuff on our backs and we're quite tired and you know not knowing the language we're in uncomfortable situations like all the time and were there a few times where you couldn't find somewhere to stay where you were yeah there was um there's been a couple of times we've booked a fake airbnb um so once in europe and another time in vietnam and both times we've had like lots of locals come and help us but none of them being able to speak english Um, have you got really good at sign language in those yeah we have or just i don't know like sometimes (laughs) we've we've got google translate now um, (laughs) offline that's a good idea that's not always 100% reliable. <laughs> yeah. It was what? one point actually in Croatia, the children knew English, but the parents didn't. So we were talking with the kids and they were trying to like oh, make phone yeah. calls. And yeah. Oh, bless them. So they were all really helpful. Yeah. In those moments when you needed help, there were people that came yeah. to help yeah. you out. And that was uh, getting late at night by the time we yeah. found more accommodation, but that all worked out. And most things do work out, I think. Yeah. Like, that's what we've come to learn. So we don't really get There's too worried. To help yeah. You. That's, that's what I love about travel. I think it helps you to learn that, that life will, when you give life permission to support you, it will, as you've seen in those moments when you've needed help, people have come in to help you. Did you want to step us through what that fake Airbnb stuff, what, how do people look out for that? So, well, I know now not to book something that has no reviews because obviously oh, no okay. one stayed there yes. before. Yes, yes. Um, but the thing with Airbnb, mostly like they'll give a general location of where it is, but not until you've booked it will it say the address and then you can contact the host but for both these times we would contact the host and say oh we're arriving this day can you give me the address but they wouldn't reply and then we'd get there and then they wouldn't answer the phone and it was just like we have no idea where to go so um it's quite now that we've learned to have a local sim on us so we can access the internet wherever we are instead of finding wi-fi yeah so we've been able to um yeah get on the internet just book something straight away and then Airbnb is really good. Like you can just contact them, and they've been able to reimburse that money. So yeah. oh wow, really, they did. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. It's not as daunting as probably what it was, but at the time we're just like, oh, what are we gonna do? Like in Vietnam, we were in a random town because we were on a stopover to a, 
um, another place you wanted to go. So it was a random town, there was no tourists there. So it was a little bit scary, but um, yeah, everything works out in the end. There's always someone to help you. Yeah. yeah. And were there some other stories you wanted to share when resilience was required to navigate your way out of trouble? Um, well, maybe, well, there was a time in Bali when I had a little accident <laughs> surfing. I guess that um, I was out surfing with a mate and then I duck dived through a wave and then as I come up, a surfboard hit me and split my lip pretty badly. Oh. Um, and at the time, because I couldn't really feel much, so I just sort of kept going out and then all of a sudden oh, there was lots of blood on my board and then I realised oh, I had a minute, I split my lip pretty bad so luckily I was able to catch a wave in and then got my surfboard onto the shore, come over to Bree and who, my mum and sister were there at the time as well actually and they just looked at me and went oh no. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah then I just laid down for a bit and then realised that definitely needed stitches so I had to oh. um, head off and go to the hospital which was our, our first time definitely going to overseas hospital which is yeah. a little bit you know nerve-wracking oh but, yeah that'd be terrifying yeah but then when we got there the um, doctor was pretty, very professional we had, mm. it was a nice clean clinic which yeah. was good but yeah and um, then I eventually they said I had to get four stitches which they did on the spot um, $500 later. <laughs> $500. 500 Australian? Yeah, yeah, Australian dollars. Yeah. Um, just for a few stitches. Oh, and my gosh. A half hour visit. Um, and yeah. It felt clean and things yeah, like that when that, you were there, Dylan? That one yeah, did. It yeah, good. it was good. But then the next day we had to fly out to uh, the Komodo Islands. We had a tour booked, which we'll be sailing the Komodo Islands for a few days. Um, unfortunately, with me having stitches, I wasn't allowed to do snorkeling or anything oh, like that, no. which wasn't so bad. But then, um, yeah, obviously I had to get the stitches out at some stage and we were in this pretty um, underdeveloped place. And I Googled a local medical clinic and uh, we rocked up there and it was kind of like... I'm not sure how to describe it, but there was chickens running around. Oh, sort of my God. <laughs> sort of thing. Um, yeah, so that was a little bit nerve-wracking. But then I, we decided to against going in there. I thought, no. Really you trusted your gut at that moment? Yeah, you went, yeah. I'm not going in it's that. just uh, having things cut out of my skin. I mean, it probably would have been okay, but we thought... We, so we ended up uh, finding a big hospital and going there. And uh, felt much more comfortable there. Yeah. It wasn't as clean as the one in Bali, though. Like, yeah, the one in Bali was good, but... Stains you know, and stuff around. But oh. It was fine. In the end, it worked out. But, um, well, actually, she took my, my stitches out, and then the next day I was sort of prodding around in my um, lip, and I felt a sharp object, and I, I found out it was another stitch. So I oh, it my God. So she left one in there. Oh. Did you just rip it out yourself? Yeah, it came out pretty easy. Oh, my God. Cut, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a little bit of excitement. Um, yeah, probably we haven't had too many other major issues. Yeah, we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, we've been very lucky. I think Southeast Asia is actually it's pretty easy to get around, and it's been pretty easy to find help if we need it. Um, and I think we do take like extra precautions as well now. Like um, I, I lo lost my passport in Bali. Oh, we meant to be flying to the Philippines the next day, and I was like, because we stayed. Um, in a couple of different places and I was like where was the last time I seen it um and 
we eventually found it, found it under a chair and everything, so it worked out fine, luckily. <laughs> but ever since then, I'm like, all right, we need to make sure we are much more organised. We have, we know where our passports are. Have more structure. Like, <laughs> just lock our bags up, even if we feel like it's safe. I think it's sometimes we get a bit relaxed and lenient, but we know that we just need to take extra precautions just to, you know, keep ourselves and our belongings safe. But did you yeah. find that passport just in time? It was the day before because we yeah we'll stay in a hotel and he moved rooms in that hotel and then we stayed in another place and this was the night before we were meant to fly out to the Philippines so I was like looking for my passport and I just couldn't find it and he just yeah we turned all our bags upside down like took everything out and I was like no it has to be in this certain hotel room that was the last time I saw it so I went back there and they said the cleaners haven't you know found anything and I was like no I want to look in the room so we yeah. went in there and I knew exactly where to look straight away under the chair and it was there and it was like you just had a feeling moment. it was there Brie yeah Is I, that? I just remember the last time I saw it was on that chair because that's where I left my bag yeah and I was like it has to be around there somewhere it must have just fallen down and yeah I was right luckily otherwise yeah, don't know what we would have done <laughs> I mean there, there would have been ways around it but we would have had to um we would have overstayed our visa and we would have, you know, had to cancel our flights. Yeah, so could have been, money as well. yeah, yeah, could have been a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. But I think yeah, everything always works out in the end. Like when you're talking about your lip, like we've forgotten about that. Yeah. Like we don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> like, we had, yeah, we have to sort of think hard to things that have gone wrong because they sort of happen and then we just get over it. I feel like you've done a really good job of just getting in the flow of just yeah. you know, going with life, trusting it, trusting yeah, that it's supporting you. It, I think. And yeah, I mean, we've been very lucky. We haven't had anything major happen. Yeah. We haven't lost out on a huge amount of money or our health has been... We haven't got sick, yeah. touch wood. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. And you haven't been terrified or really afraid anywhere you visited? Probably not for our lives, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, I've probably been scared still... There are lots of things we've done that I would not do if I wasn't with him. Like, he loves to, like, climb mountains and just do stuff that I'm and I'm scared of heights so I like hate doing it's <laughs> a real good match like, here <laughs> I've probably done um more things that I've been scared of this year than I've ever done in my whole life like just especially with because it looks like you're always at heights in these yeah, photos yeah I know and I'm always scared I'm always complaining the whole time but <laughs> um when you get to the top like it's obviously worth it and I'm like oh, I'm glad I did it but um, there are sometimes we've been in situations and I'm just like, no, nah, I can't do it. Like, I literally cannot step one step further. Um, and there are times Dill's gone ahead of me and I've just waited because I'm like, I just can't do it. But, um, yeah, I've definitely been tested more. Yeah, I don't blame it, though. Some of those <laughs> things that we've done are pretty crazy. Yeah. Like some rickety old steps over cliff faces and stuff like that. But. Yeah. That's the other cool thing about travel, though. You do things that you wouldn't do normally. Oh, like, yeah. if you were here doing your everyday life, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go climb that or There's do that. things that we've done that wouldn't be legal in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but now I think we've also come home and we're like, we see home differently as well. Because when we're in, we're travelling, we always try and find different places and go and explore. And I'm like, we don't really do that as much back home. So since we've been home, we've been trying to go out and explore and just find places and do things we wouldn't normally do back home as well. Because you've been down to Innes National Park. Did yeah. I see in some of the photos as well? Yeah. Which is amazing. And we went to Flinders and climbed, well, not to the peak, but we did the St Mary's Peak. Um, oh, wow. Up Blue to the ridge, yeah, yeah, in Milpina yeah, Pound, which you probably wouldn't have maybe done. But we would do everything now. Anywhere we go, we'll try and climb to the highest spot. Is it getting easier for you, Brie, now that you've done it yeah, a few times? Yeah, it is. I think it's. I just have learned not to think about it in the moment. Like just do it. Let's like, take a breath and just do it. Yeah. The more that I stand there and hesitate, 
the worse it gets and the more I'm not going to do it. I actually think that's a really good tip in that because sometimes we let our minds just build things up and blow it out of proportion. So yeah. sometimes it's just don't think about it, just yeah. stay in the moment and get it done. Yeah. Are there any tools, techniques, mind hacks, tricks you would recommend for people when life got tough, when your travels got tough? or? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of practices that we sort of um, use ourselves, definitely, and probably that we've um, learnt to do on our travels. Not something we've probably done before, but um, just introducing some sort of a routine while we're yeah. always on the go. Um, and that's just simple as, you know, meditating, for 15, 20 minutes yep. in the morning or we do a lot of stretching in the morning. It yep. doesn't seem like much, but it really does help and it, it wakes you up every day as well. Um, Were you into meditation before you travelled? No, no. Yeah, I was going to say that's something you've picked up along the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, and there's things you learn from other travellers as well. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, and it's just, it really does help, um, you know, on a, after a long, stressful day just to take time out and... I'm not someone who would sit there and consistently meditate every day, but yeah, it's just I'm more of probably get out and go for a run, yeah, or do some yoga. Which, which is a form of its own meditation yeah, yeah, for a lot of people right. too. You just got to do what works for you. But yeah, yeah, definitely introducing something into your daily life that yeah. will definitely help. Yeah, I think we found it hard not having a routine while traveling. Like we try to have a routine, but. It was hard when we're always in a different place every day and we're waking up at different times and yeah it was hard but I think when we did have a routine like when we were in Bali we were there for a month in one place and it just felt good to just be in a routine yeah and eat well as well like we weren't always able to eat you know the best it was mainly just veggies and rice because we're vegetarian <laughs> we're quite limited with like some things we ate so um, yeah, just like making sure that we have a routine and eating healthy as much as we could. And now we've been home, it's been a lot easier. To it's do definitely that. No, another thing that's transferred from our travels into our real life, like home life. Yeah. Is definitely using these practices every morning and definitely something we'll continue to do. Did you do any yoga classes when you're away, or was it yoga something you kind of picked up yourself, learnt yourselves, or? Yeah, well, we wanted to, um, but sometimes we just it was just out of our budget. Like we would love to do a <laughs> yoga retreat or something oh, like that. Oh, I would too. Classes. I think it'd be amazing. Still probably will. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that we'd love to do. But yoga, yeah, I've just um, we just do normal stretching, or sometimes we put on like a YouTube. YouTube's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's amazing things on YouTube these oh, yeah. days for that mindfulness and yoga and things yeah. like that. Yeah, there's some real good things. And I was just overwhelmed with how much high quality content and travel advice you have on your website. I highly recommend those listening to check out chalkyandthechippy.com. There are packing, budgeting and inspiration tips under the travel advice heading. I really loved Bree's packing, uh, girls packing list for backpacking Southeast Asia, although it did absolutely make me hyperventilate how minimally you pack, Bree. You do sensationally well, under 10 kilos. Is travelling minimalistically something you've got better with over time? Yeah, something I've got better with, but I can do better, I think. I think I've just learnt what it is that I actually use yeah. and what things that I don't use. And just like, I like basically just wear T-shirts and shorts yep. most of the time, yep. all the time. Um, so that, that's what I pack the most and making sure I can wear different tops with different shorts like all the time. Um, we also live in our bathers like almost every day. So yeah. basically, um, yeah, just packing lightweight. And So the pictures are reality. You're often in yeah, the bathers a lot are, of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we are. Um, and I've learned not to 
or not that I've learned to, but it just wasn't practical to be wearing makeup or straightening my hair and curling yeah. my hair. So I literally would just put sunscreen on every day or maybe a BB cream and that's it. Don't need to be carrying around any extra makeup, not carrying around any straightener or anything. There's no point in that because I'm just going to, it's just going to get wet anyway. Um, wouldn't wash my hair for like two weeks and I'd be in dreads, but like I just got used <laughs> to it. just got comfortable with like being a mess and just wearing, um, yeah, basic stuff but we can definitely next time we go away we still want to try and cut out as much as we can like if I'm umming and ahhing about packing something I just won't pack it it's just if I need yeah. it we can buy it while we're over there yeah um because we don't need to be carrying around all this stuff that we don't really need and I, I just loved the details you went into with the list as well things like getting your lashes and eyebrows tinted and things like that to avoid needing makeup and things just really great advice you guys have really thought things through on the website I was actually I'd never been on the website um until last week I was really overwhelmed with how amazing the content is so um Chalky and Chippy's website also includes destinations advice and itinerary plans for your travel to destinations which include Indonesia Singapore Cambodia Malaysia Philippines Morocco Africa Europe Spain Portugal France and Italy and so much more is it even possible for you guys to pick a favorite destination well, we didn't think it would be, but there is always one place that comes to yeah, mind. definitely. Everyone. When people ask us, we always, the first place is the Philippines. Awesome. Um, so without thinking about all the ins and outs, just that place just pops in our mind. So it's obviously up there for us. Yeah. Um, I think just the experiences we had there, the people, the, yeah, the locals are just, just amazing. Um, much like Indonesia as well, but yeah, the Philippines just, I think... For us, being such beach lovers, like, you know, we were just hopping from island to island, beach after beach, and it just, it, it was, yeah, amazing. And it kind of just, it just happened so naturally. It wasn't, there wasn't any real, like, times when we would get bogged down and, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Like, uh, yeah, it, it just travelling in the Philippines was very easy. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. Now, you guys may either hate me or love me, but of course I know your parents well enough to approach them for a little piece of writing on how they reflect on your journey as Chucky and the Chippy from outside. So Dylan, we'll start with your beautiful mum, Annie, writing, Dylan, you set a goal to travel the world. You worked very hard to achieve this goal and now all your work has paid off. You and Bree are traveling the world, facing the unknown of foreign lands, stepping out of comfort zones and meeting challenges head on. Visiting places that most of us only dream about, experiencing adventures that most of us never make the time for. You capture the amazing beauty of the world through your photography and show us what an adventure life can be through your incredible blogs. Although being your mum, I will always worry when you're out, in the, out there in the big wide world. I know you're living the dream and living life to your full potential. I'm so proud of you, my son. I really love how your mum wrote, Dylan, about you experiencing adventures that most of us never make time for because I really think that's true and I, and I know that it's something that people often regret when they're older or if they get ill, it's something that people often say that they just didn't experience life enough and I really love your mum put that because there will be no regrets for this life choice that you guys have made. Yeah, that's definitely one of the, one of the things that I um, certainly um, made my choice a lot easier was just I don't want to regret anything like... Yeah. I just thought to myself, okay, what what am I going to be thinking when I'm older? And, like, if it was to miss out on paying off a house or 
you know, working 25 years for all these things, it's probably doesn't bother me as much missing out on that than missing out on climbing a big mountain or yeah. know, experiencing a different culture. It's just, yeah. It was just a no-brainer for me. And yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And Bree, your mum Wendy was kind enough to write the following for us amongst the chaos of her week this week for the bushfires. So it's been seven years since Brianna and Dylan had lived in Moonta, working and studying in Adelaide. I miss them not being close by. When they came back to Moonta in 2018 to live and work, I was delighted and thought they'd settle, build a house and start a family. They both had secure employment and were in a position to set themselves up well for their future. All those things a parent wants at their age and stage of their life. So I'll admit to being slightly sad that their dreams didn't align to mine. I tell you, this is a rollercoaster of emotions from your mum here, Brianna. <laughs> I have to admit, it was hard to watch them sell everything they'd worked hard to own, plus everything I'd given them for the past six years or more, <laughs> laid out in a garage sale. <laughs> As a parent, I've always tried to support my children in their dreams. I allowed Adela 18 years to go to Vietnam as a volunteer for five months after she finished year 12. That wasn't easy, but I knew it would be an amazing experience and she would and didn't come back as a grown-up mature woman. So I had no right to be negative towards her twin Brianna heading off to explore Asia if that's what she wanted to do. To see them leave jobs and security and a fairly comfortable and certain future for a crazy, free, adventurous life wasn't easy. I know I've always told them I hope their dreams come true, but I didn't realise their dreams were of not working and travelling with no plans for more than two days in advance. It was a scary existence, well, for me anyway. For them, their dreams became a reality and they revelled in the freedom of it. I am proud of their ability to take risks and to trust in one another, to budget and problem solve when things don't go to plan, to lose themselves in another country and culture yet find themselves at the same time. I love to see the beautiful and amazing photos that they capture. It's sometimes like I'm travelling the journey with them. Dylan is certainly talented and has an eye for beauty and clever with the camera. However, I must admit, I think I've seen as much of Bree's bum in the past 12 months as I did when she was a baby. <laughs> I guess Dylan sees beauty in many things. <laughs> For me, I'll keep waiting a little longer for grandchildren and enjoy the freedom I have before those little ones come along and need me. Or maybe I'll just set those hopes and dreams on Brianna's sisters and lay bets who's going to be first. <laughs> so I love this quote from um, Wendy and the bum comment made me laugh so much. But it takes resilience for you guys to withstand those family expectations and still go, no, this is this is what we're going to do for now. That stuff's going to come later, later for us. How'd that make you feel, Brie? <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely, like, I know mum and dad's expectations, but, and, like, dad being a real estate agent, like, he just wants us to buy a house, buy a block of <laughs> land, because that's originally, like, what we were going to do when we were home. We were looking at blocks of land, and dad was helping us, and then we are about to buy one, and then I was like, oh, dad, sorry, we've changed our mind. Um, and so he was sort of, like, initially, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, <laughs> how are you going to, you know, you know, work out the rest of your life? But I think... Um, every time I've come home and like since I've been home and you know they've loved seeing our photos they share them all the time and yeah I, they don't talk about that as much now like they just are, I think happy seeing we're, us doing we're what we're really doing. really lucky to have like supportive families yeah. both yeah. our parents are definitely and definitely I love very supportive. love on your website that you said that that you actually go hey look this is what we did but this may not be for everyone because we've actually got family that will take us in no matter yeah. what and be we, there for us we definitely are very lucky like as much as we 
we want to inspire other people to go and travel if that's something they want to do but at the same time like we were in a very fortunate position like we have jobs that we can easily come back to we have families that we can come back to like and we have our health we have a you know fitness like we can very lucky that we can do this and I think that's why we said well now's the time to do it because we might not have this again this opportunity again and I think that's what our parents have seen as well like now's the time and I feel like I could see that in your mum's as I read your mum's quote I was like oh I could see that because she initially put it out there like I was terrified like what are they doing and then it's like oh my god I'm so proud of them to take risks and to trust one another and see the beautiful things they've created and to know that that future that we hope for them will come later down the track as well yeah. so yeah no, it's just one year of our life <laughs> you know it's not one forever but who, who knows how long we'll keep doing this like when we will come back again obviously we, we need to work we'll save to go away again no doubt um, but I think it's just exciting knowing like we don't have anything planned we don't have this is what we want to do and when we want to do it it's just exciting knowing that we can do anything we want like any like if we want to get a house we can make that happen if we want if we want to keep traveling like we can make that happen we can do anything we want to do and I think um being young like yeah we're lucky we can still make those decisions and yeah yeah it's so cool so in short I can't thank Brie and Dill from Chalky and the Chippy enough for joining me today please make sure you check out Chalky and the Chippy on Instagram and Facebook and their website chalkyandthechippy.com which also includes 2020 calendars for sale where all profits are currently being donated to the Kangaroo Island Bushfire Fund I've just received my Indonesia calendar and it's unbelievable they also sell beautiful prints online for ordering which I wasn't aware either until I, I checked out the website and they all look fantastic too guys um, and just thank you for helping me to spread the word for how travel can help build resilience.